Likutei Sichos, Chelik Yitzayin, Volume 17, the Sicha Papirkei Yavis, Perek Vav, Papirkei Yavis, Chapter 6. Now this Sicha is on the first Brisa, the first Mishnah, perhaps you can call it, of the last chapter where we cite in the order of the chapters of Perkei Yavis, and this will be the last chapter that we recite prior and as an introduction to the festival of Shavuos in which we receive the Torah. Just as an introduction to familiarize ourselves with the concept of Torah Lishma, literally translated Torah for its sake, meaning that one studies Torah not for any other purpose other than the study of Torah itself. Not even for a, quote, spiritual purpose, which is actually a very good purpose, perhaps, as something to be admired. But, for example, if one studies Torah to know how to perform the mitzvahs better, or how to get closer to Hashem, how to fear or love Hashem better. Those are fantastic ideals, yet they don't reach the level of Torah Lishma that one learns exclusively for the sake of Torah learning, Torah scholarship itself. So let's go into the mission itself, into the Brisa, the Sicha. Rabbi Meir Oimer, Kol Oisik B'Torah Lishma, Zoychel Edvarim Harbe. Rabbi Meir says that anybody who studies Torah for its own sake, he merits to many things. Veloyoit, and moreover, he says, not only that, but moreover, Elashakol Ha'olam Kulei Kedai Huloy. That furthermore, he's worth that the whole world should be created just for him. And then he goes on detailing all the various things that one, quote, merits to, one receives as a result of studying Torah. So the Rebbe asks the obvious question, who exactly is Rabbi Meir talking to? And the, exp- the Talmudical expression here would be, either way you look at it, it seems odd. If it's talking to somebody who's indeed on the level of studying Torah Lishma and does so, then why would he be interested at all in all these, quote, goodies that he can get as a result? His whole purpose and his whole focus is to study Torah Lishma. He has no other interest. He has no other ulterior motives. And if a mayor is talking to somebody who is not on that level, somebody who actually does have some kind of interest, albeit a spiritual interest, in his study of Torah, then he's not a Torah, he's not a studying Lishma. He's not one who studies Torah for its own sake. So who exactly is a mayor speaking to? Now, the Rebbe says, perhaps, one would possibly try to answer the following. And this is based on what the Rambam says, the Rambam explains that why, you know, when it comes in, in reference to all the promises, all the material promises that the Torah gives for the fulfillment of the mitzvahs, for the study of Torah, and the Rambam explains that this doesn't come, so to speak, as a reward, as a repay, payback for having fulfilled the Torah mitzvahs. Rather, it's all a promise from Hashem. That when Hashem sees that indeed, genuinely, the person has a true desire to perform Torah mitzvahs, to live a proper life in accordance with the Torah, then Hashem provides all his needs so that he should be able to serve him properly without any, in the, in the, in the expression, of the, in the words of the Rambam, without any distractions or worries whatsoever. And therefore, perhaps based on this, one could explain here that what Rameir is saying is that when a person studies Torah Lishma, then Hashem will provide him all these things. That would seem to make sense. 
However, says the Rebbe, that cannot be the answer here. That cannot be the case. Why? Because that would all be true to some other things that appear in this list that Rebbe Meir enumerates in this Mishnah. All the various goodies, quote-unquote, that one receives as a result of learning Torah Lishma. However, there are things in the list that cannot be uh, fit into this explanation. They cannot be uh, a direct um, promise from Hashem, so to speak, just for the sake of you being able to study Torah better. For example, it says, one of the things it says is, that one who studies Torah Lishma, says Rabbi Meir, he merits that he becomes loved of God, he loves God, and he loves the created beings, being he loves all the other people. This doesn't seem to be an agent that enhances somebody's Torah study or that it should be a direct result of one's Torah study because this is a mitzvah the Torah. You have to do it. It says, It says, You should love Hashem. You should love your fellow Jew. So so how can this be a, a promise from Hashem to help and enhance your Torah study? Another example. It says, That it will keep the person distant from sin. Do you need to have, is this kind of the reward, so to speak, for studying Torah? Is this what you merit to? This is something in order not to, not to, not to sin, one has to have what's called one has to have at least the elementary level of fear, which is fear of the punishment, or a higher level of fear of the sin itself, of being distant from Hashem. But this is not what you get from studying Torah. Another example, another example that it that appears in the list of Rabbi Meir's quote uh, promises for one who learns Torah Lishma and obviously does not fit into that answer that we gave. It says Umoichel al This person will become forgiving for the, those who insult him. Now the question is over here: you don't see such a great advantageous level because if you think about it, if the person becomes truly refined as a result of his Torah study, to such, a degree, to such a great degree, then perhaps it should be even more. Not that he should be forgiving, but that he shouldn't even be insulted in the first place. In other words, what's the idea of being forgiving? That you have a level of beetle, that even though the person hurt your feelings, insulted you, you still have it in you to forgive them. But that's not the ultimate. The ultimate would be that the person doesn't even feel like he is a yesh, that he is something, that he is one who got insulted. He's so bottled that he's not even insulted in the first place. So what exactly does this mean? And in addition to all of this, all these curious things, there's also a problem with some of the expression, perhaps, that Rimeir uses. Let's take, for example, one of the things that he says that one merits as a result of the Torah study, Lishma, is Malabashtoi Anova V'yira, that the person becomes garbed he becomes garbed in humility and fear of God. Why doesn't just say that he nasa onov v'yirachet? Why doesn't just say that he becomes a humble person? Why do you mean, what does this mean? He gets garbed in humility. Another thing it says, that now people enjoy benefit from him. Wisdom and counsel. Why doesn't this just say they receive from him that he's able to give wisdom and counsel? What is this idea? What is this expression of they enjoy his wisdom and counsel? And then of course at the end of the saying, at the very end of the Brisa, it says that it's 
that it, ex- it makes him great and it exalts him over all things. What is the difference between great and exalting? It's really saying the same thing, six of one, a half a dozen of the other, or so it seems. So the Rebbe says the explanation in all of this could actually be gained by taking a close look at the, a close look at the detail, the expression of the verbs that Rabbi Meir uses. If you look at the exact words that he uses, his choices, it doesn't say he doesn't say call made Lishma, anyone who studies Lishma, But rather he uses the verb call Lishma. What does Oisek mean? Oisek means that he is engaged. Oisek comes from the word Asek. Asek is like a business. When somebody's involved in an endeavor, like an ASIC, like a business, a Baal ASIC, a business person, they are fully engrossed, they are fully engaged, and they work hard, and they toil. In Yiddish, they harav on it. It's not something they just kind of do by happenstance. If you want to make it happen, you work hard. So that's what Amir is saying. It's not saying kol haloyim, just somebody who just happens to study Torah. Kol ha'oyisik He's fully engrossed, he's fully involved, he constantly toils on Torah. And in what manner? Lishma. What does Lishma mean? Like we said in the introduction. But again, Lishma means that exclusively for the purpose of Torah itself. He's not looking to gain from it anything, not even spiritual gain, not even necessary spiritual gain. His whole objective is for the Torah itself, the study of Torah itself. Now, since a person is learning in such a degree, in such a manner, that he is totally and exclusively given over to the Torah itself, a thought can come in the person's mind. A thought, a question, a doubt. We know that Chazal tell us, in the Gemara it says, that anybody who says, I don't have anything but Torah, meaning my whole life is just exclusively dedicated to Torah, and I am not, and, and not engaged in anything else, such as Gemilas Chasodim, in doing uh, goodness and kindness and helping others, says the Torah that at the says the Gemara at the end, Afilu Torah Then he won't even have Torah. He doesn't have Torah even. In other words, you cannot be a complete Jew. You cannot be a complete person, a, a good servant of Hashem, if you have just Torah, just study Torah. You have to also engage in the fulfillment of mitzvahs. You have to also be involved in in helping others. So therefore, the person thinks to himself, well, if I'm just engaged in study of Torah, which I am, then I'm missing out, then I'm losing out, and also potentially losing out on anything, any matter of being Adam L'chaveiroi, the interpersonal relations that the Torah expects us to have. And even matters that are being Adam L'chaveiroi, even matters that, are, that pertain to the relationship between man and his creator, even there I'll be lacking. Why? Because there are certain things that just don't come on their own. Like the Ramam explains in detail how one achieves Yiras Hashem or Avas Hashem, the fear of Hashem, the love of Hashem, that you have to actually spend time contemplating the greatness of His creation and so on and so forth. In other words, you have to look at the world. You can't just look at Torah. So therefore, the, lear- the one who's learning Torah Lishma may start to doubt himself and think to himself, what's going to be? If I'm totally and absolutely and exclusively given over just to Torah itself for its sake, then I'm going to be losing out on, on all these things. That I'm never going to be able to truly be a true, complete Jew. And this is where our mayor comes and this is where his chiddush is. That his chiddush is 
The novelty of what Amir is saying is that when one is truly, genuinely, then he, quote, merits all these many things. What does that mean? In addition to the reward, you see, a merit, a schia is not a reward. There's a reward that he gets. What is the reward? Typically, and consistently in Torah, reward is compatible as an inherent of the deed that the person did. And therefore, since his deed is that he is totally dedicated to Torah, therefore the reward is that he becomes connected to the noisin ha to the giver of the Torah. That's the schar, that's the reward. But all these other things that Rameir lists, the Chiddush is that this is what he merits. He gets it almost like a merit, like it's given to him as an extra gift, as an extra bonus. That he also gets these things, and these things is what help, help answer his doubts, help, um, so to speak, quiet down his fears. What are these things? So the Rebbe says these things in general, you can divide them in two categories. You have the things that he gets, so to speak, automatically, and he gets them in a fully enhanced manner. And then he has things, he has things that he receives as a result of the merit of the study of Torah, that although he has now access to them, but it's not fully, so to speak, enhanced, and he still has yet to work on them and to develop them. However, what he does gain is that he has, so to speak, a greater access. He has uh, an advantage over your average person because of his schus of studying Torah Lishma. And the Rebbe starts to enumerate. He gives the examples. Let's take, for example, where it says, that he gets garbed in humility and fear. It doesn't say, like we asked, it doesn't say he becomes humble and fearful of Hashem. It says he becomes garbed in it. What does that mean? That it, like a garment, because it's, it's there, it's on you, it serves you, it helps you, you're connected to it, but it's still superficial. And in order, you have access to it, in other words. But in order for you to truly be humble, in the, in, in the greatest sense of, that, of humility, or to be a true Yerei uh, Shemayim, to have true fear of Hashem, that now you have to work on, so to speak, on the rest. You don't get it fully enhanced. And then where it says, that it makes him fit to become a tzaddik. Again, it doesn't convert him into a tzaddik. It doesn't automatically become a tzaddik. But he now has greater access, so to speak. He is more... Um, he, he, he is more connected to this reality of a tzaddik. Thus, when he contributes his own effort, then certainly he will be a tzaddik. And then when it says, it distances him from the sin. Again, it doesn't stop him from sinning. It doesn't make that his sins are not sins. But it helps him, it, so to speak, helps him with the extra um, guard against sinning. In other words, it protects him more. But he still has to work in it. Now, likewise... When it says, you remember we asked, why does it say, that he forgives for his insult? Why don't we just say he doesn't get insulted? Again, he doesn't become an absolute onov, an absolute beetle. He doesn't become the absolute uh, uh, most uh, you, uh, uh, level of humility and the greatest level of beetle. Rather, he becomes closer to it, and therefore he is more easier and more predisposed to forgive on his insult. But to not to be insulted at all, not to feel any insult, not to have any whatsoever level of arrogance, even in the most minute level, that he has to work on on his own. So these are things that he gets, so to speak, not fully enhanced. But then there are things that he gets fully enhanced. And these are, like he says in the, in the list, 
All these things are all connected to one another. Where he loves Hashem, he loves the people. He brings joy to Hashem, he brings joy to people. And people enjoy from him all the counsel and advice. See, all these things really are connected. See, when a person is so connected to Torah, then people because of this great wisdom that becomes developed in, in this person, then people can not only receive from him a counsel and, 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 and wisdom but ra- and advice, but rather they enjoy it. And when they enjoy it, it makes them happy. And when it makes them happy, it makes Hashem happy. By making others happy, you make Hashem happy. And in this saying of, of, of Meir, we have a hero directive, not just for the actual person, those very few people who actually, indeed, study Torah Lishma, but rather to each and every one of us. Because remember, we're all learning this Mishnah. We all have to glean something from it. You see, because a person can think, think about it this way. If somebody is so dedicated to Torah, to such an extent that it's Torah Lishma in the truest sense, if, if, if that's the case, then he has no knowledge and no understanding at all in the worldly matters. In other words, it becomes. It would seem that he would come totally disconnected from you know the reality uh, down here in, in 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 the world we all live in, and this is where our mayor comes and tells him no. Not only does this person understand what's going on, and not only are able are people able to come and receive counsel from him, but nehenimimenu. They enjoy it. It becomes such great counsel because his knowledge is disproportionate to the regular person who does live in the world, who has access to what's going on in the world because his knowledge becomes so pure. And that this will also help us understand by being able to break this down into the two aspects, into the two categories. We're able also to now appreciate what he says at the very end that he makes him great and exalts him over all things. What does it mean when you say something is great? When you say something is great, that means that it's bigger than. That means it has some relation. It has some estimated connection to the little thing, but it's just greater than it. It's much greater. That means this is referring to things where a person is shaykh, so to speak, or the aspects of the things that he receives, that he is shaykhli yoni oilam haza, to matters pertaining to this world, so to speak. And therefore, he says it is greater than it. That, you know, in contrast to the smaller one, he's much greater. But then there are things that he is exalted. There are things, there are matters here that he has absolutely no connection to and no relation whatsoever. He is so much greater than, not, not, not so much greater, he's beyond greater than all these things. So in other words, the things that he receives, many of those things is in which he's greater than than uh, all worldly matters and others in this world, even those who study Torah, but they don't study Torah Lishma. But then he is Miroi Mamtoi. He becomes so exalted that he, because he is an Isaac Betoida, Lishma, therefore he is absolutely not even, he's, he's totally removed, absolutely no connection to worldly things. Now that we explained all of this, as we said, this has to have some connection to us. This has to have some relation to our reality. Um, most of us are not 
loim de toira lishma in the literal sense as our mayor is describing here. So the question is, why, why, why are we learning this? What does it have to do with us? And especially considering that this is our final preparation, the last Shabbos before Matan Torah. So what connection does this have to us? The answer is that the concept, the idea of learning Torah Lishma is synonymous with the idea of Bitu. What's Torah Lishma mean? That a person doesn't think about themselves, not even their spiritual self, but rather just about the Torah. It means total Bitu to, to, to Hashem and to His Torah. So likewise by us, Yes, on some level, we could incorporate this. We could behave in this manner, meaning we could exhibit and experience some bitul, and we should, we need to. In fact, prior to beginning to beginning learning Torah, before one receives, one has to have Kabbalah Satayra, one has to receive the Torah. That's why you first make a bracha, which is an acknowledgement. I, I am going to study whose Torah? Hashem's Torah. It's not just mine. It's not just something to be taken for granted. I have absolute bitl. The Kabbalah HaTorah is having the bitl HaTorah to the Noisen HaTorah, to the one who gives the Torah. And therefore, in this sense at least, this applies to each and every one of us. And now we can help us explain another thing. When you look throughout this last final chapter of Pirkei Abbas, it would seem odd that this Mishnah was the, this Brisa that is of Rab Meir, this saying was quoted first. It should have been last because the Torah, it, the, the, the chapter discusses various virtues in the Torah, which are on a much lower level than this Brisa, which talks to the person who was Isaac Batura, Lishma, for its sake. But now that the Rebbe explained in what manner and what idea this can apply and should apply to each and every one of us, which is as a prerequisite to studying Torah, and every time you study Torah, we have to experience this on some level. Now we can understand why this is the first Brisa, the first Mishnah, and as an introduction to the rest of this chapter.